Welcome to the Tim Biscuit Podcast. Before we get on with today's podcast, I just want to say a massive thanks and shout out to our sponsors that are RuneTuck.com, the Repaired Care Company, and Tenga.co.uk, the Resex Toy Company. With both these companies, you can get 10% off your first order or orders if you use the code TINBISCUIT at checkout, capital T, capital B, TINBISCUIT. So I'm going to welcome a new guest today, and if you want to introduce yourself. Oh, morning, my name's Emma Clough. Emma Clough. Now... The reason why I wanted you on is because you were standing for local councillor for my ward. Hennage Ward. Hennage Ward for um, Labour. Yes. How did you do? Well, I lost. Right. But did you say there was a by-election or...? Uh, Yeah, in the paper recently, um, it's uh, sort of raised that there's going to be a by-election in Hennage due to um, resignation of one of the... Labour councillors in there so right so what is a by-election if people don't know because I'm like not quite sure what a by-election is myself it's just essentially yeah if if someone resigns or or has to leave that post that that post gets filled and it's done by a by-election which is just it's the election process again but just to get another uh, councillor in the seat to replace the one that's leaving and you standing for that one it's the process is still underway um labor do like selection processes and it mm-hmm. goes to votes and and what have you so i believe we'll know all the candidates probably by the end of the week right that's cool so it's and it's for labor what made you get into counseling or like go for to be a counselor and what made you go for labor because that's before we started the podcast we like was talking about principles you said it depends where your principle lies because i just said personally i didn't vote and i'm going to stop voting um but i like think everyone's as bad as each other they're all taking cheap shots at each and like, like at each like other now especially with the dominic cummings fiasco that's but i'm gonna bring that up a bit later but what got you into politics and why labor and i'm gonna ask you another question so it's three in a one how do you become a councillor or how would you like if i wanted to run for council as independent how would i do it so we'll start with the first one what got you into politics? Okay, um, I guess we're, we're all into politics in some way, shape, or form, even if we don't necessarily declare that we have an interest in it. Because, in terms of especially locally, you know, the local scene is affected by the national scene. There's things we come across in our daily lives that um, either we think is really good, or we get angry about, and we think it, it's really bad. Um, and I guess where I align to labour values was, you know, I, I was a single young parent um, and I, I was really struggling. And there was something called Home Start that was around and you had a volunteer that came to your house and befriended you. Um, they'd come to the park with me, with the children, help me get out a little bit more, sort of reduce that social isolation that I was definitely feeling. Um, and I think at the time, things could have gone either way for me you know I was either gonna be okay or I was gonna struggle for a long long time um but the facilities that were in place to help me as someone that was struggling really resonated with me I had the opportunity to go on training courses um and they were free and in I became a home start um volunteer myself and befriended other people who were in similar situations to me um like i said access loads of training and you know got my first job and just 
I've always kept that thought process in mind when I look for a job, when I apply for a job. And we're going to extend that out to throw my hat in the ring to be a ward councillor as well. Yeah. I look at what was important for me and the structures that were in place that meant that social mobility happened for me. I didn't come from a place of privilege with a huge network. I came from a place where I needed help and people who volunteered gave their time, people who had put things in place to help people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those things don't happen just organically. You don't wake up and they're there. They're there because people push for them because they see the importance yeah. of that. And I've taken that value into everything that I, that I do. And all of my jobs have been based around helping people, trying to break down barriers for that you know try and put social mobility into place for people so that's that's why I align more to labor uh-huh. and then obviously um I applied for the job at, at Melanie's office and I got that job and it was it's a non-political role essentially I was her senior caseworker so my job was to help with all of the casework that came in it didn't matter um if people voted labor it didn't matter if they voted if they lived in Grimsby and Melanie was their MP um, then the job was to to help yeah. to help them with the issues that they were raising. Um, it can be challenging. I think people sometimes think that MPs have more more sort of sway and powers that they actually do that, than they do. Um, but we tried to really change how we did casework. We took a real personal approach. You know, we didn't write le- letters to people at the top um, from the MP. We went to uh, local agencies, local local people to try and get the best outcomes and and resolutions you said you was doing casework and you'd just be interested to know living in Grimsby what was the main sort of was some like the more than one case that people were like sort of worried about was it like one thing coming in more than the other in terms of themes thematic stuff that's the word I was looking for (laughs) yeah and it, it depended you know that was sometimes dependent on what was going on the rollout of universal credit um, created a real uplift in in casework around um, you know financial issues, people's financial issues and, yeah. and worries. Um, we was one of the first areas to to sort of roll out, but we anticipated that. So you know we did some extra training around it, so we could be as prepared as we could be. And you know Mel's direction always was you know you, you fight hard and you do what's best. We, we try need to try and get the best outcomes we possibly yeah. can for the constituents and we you know we won a an award in in parliament you know little old grimsby it was cross cross party um award so yeah so we did we did a lot of, a, a lot of casework yeah, and we I got a lot of good results if um, like there was a bigger portion of complaints for one thing than like the other like roads or antisocial behavior or drug troubles or stuff homelessness okay so thematically over the years one of the biggest issues um raised was around um benefits financial issues housing um lots of housing issues as well so i mean every day was different and you would get cases that you wouldn't even think you would know where to begin they were really complex and complicated um, but we had to approach them in the way that we approached all the other cases. You get as much information as you possibly can. 
and you make the challenges to try and get the best outcomes for people but most importantly keeping in contact yeah making sure yeah because like sort of if like you write a letter or an email or like sort of a phone call sometimes you will receive a reply or sometimes you won't and it's always nice to make that extra effort to make that reply because it gives that person a bit of faith in humanity maybe a bit of faith because i hate it at work it's one of my bug aches like when i phone up someone about something and say i phone you back and they don't phone back yeah. and that goes for especially suppliers or anything like that and it really really does my head in so yeah i am sort of can see that personal touch helping them um why do you think grimsby's ain't got much money in it now because back in the day in the 60s we was a boom in town for our like sort of fishing heritage but now it's sort of dead into it we've got i mean like we are busy because we've got the docks we've got the um wind farms so that's bringing a, like a lot of money we've got immingham which is bringing a lot of money but in general it's a dead end isn't it grimsby i mean i like it and i like cleethorpes i am think this lockdown cleethorpes and i've mentioned this before has saved my mental health a lot because it's the beach and then the other side we've got the walls and I, sometimes it gets me angry I mean, I'm not on social media no more, but when I used to see, oh, it's just Grimsby for you, isn't it? It's like, oh, let's get out of Grimsby. What? Go move to a city. And then if something like this happens again, you're stuck in a four wall. Because it, it's, it's, it is it's like beautiful. The walls are beautiful. And like the sea is ever changing. I mean, I went for a bike ride today. I got up really early, went out. It was cold. It was freezing. But like people were out there with the paddle boards. The tide was in. People were saying hello. And it, that does a lot for you instead of just maybe going out seeing a bus stop so i think we're really lucky but why do you think it's grimsby's not got much money coming in to it is it because it's like it the side no one passes through the only way you'd come to grimsby is to actually come to grimsby for something even though we've got the world's best fish and chips yeah we have and, we have. and i love grimsby and cleefops as well and during lockdown we spent a lot of time on the beach mm-hmm. um as well I've I've worked and lived in Grimsby all my life, um, really. And yeah, and I think, and you're right, you know, people can be negative about it. But there's so many different facets to Grimsby, I I think. But, and I think the issue of what's happening now, it's complex and there's more than one thing that feeds into that. But, you know, we are at the end of the line. You know, you don't necessarily travel through Grimsby I think our council when it the cuts started in like 2010 and what have you our local authority was hit really hard with cuts mm. um you know and th- that had to be managed and some things had to be reduced and I think that you know it's difficult for people to see and acknowledge that that those things are happening but if the money is being taken away and not replaced yeah. you know we have a large social care responsibility here right um as well um you know in terms of our children's services and our adult social care that that takes up you know a, a lot of money but they're things that we don't necessarily see every day aren't they what we do yeah. what we see is our grass that's overgrown and our wheelie bins that haven't yeah been emptied it's it's harder to see those more complicated aspects because there's fly tipping i know there's a big issue there was a couple of weeks ago about fly tipping and they had feral cats living in it i thought yeah that was in hennage yeah Yeah, hennage ward um potholes is a big thing for me the the, like sort of the roads are terrible and i don't know if they're using the wrong asphalt is it or i don't know if the 
whacking it down hard enough or doing the job properly, but it seems to be just coming up all the time. But um, on the plus side of Grimsby, uh, and like sort of Cleethorpes, we've got the coffee shop, you've got, is it Nicky, who does Riverside Coffee? I think it's Nicola. Um, and you've got a lot of street-eat things coming now. You've got Beast Burger, you've got the new pizza place, you've got Good Burger, that's in Cleethorpes, but I'll include that, because it's all bringing money into the community, and it's all local people doing it. I love the food hall at Freeman Street Market. Yeah. I well, do. Well, we've had Beast Burger on a few times. They're like, uh, I think they're the most ever been on and they've done the longest podcast as well because they've got the pub at King's Head now. Yep. They like do there, so Danny and Nick has been on. Um, we have Beast Burger for Valentine's Day. We know how to live. Where, where, like, where from? Beast Burger? Beast Burger, Was yeah. it? What, yeah. what, what like, Beast Burger did you have? It is, well, they did a Valentine's Day special. It's not the first time we've had Beast Burgers. We've had, um, we've had it quite a few times, to be fair. It's lovely, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's absolutely, it, and I'm not a massive burger person, but Beast Burgers revolutionised how I it feel has, about, yeah, my, my husband loves burgers, and if we go out to eat, he'll always, like, choose a burger. Right. Um, so, but yeah, Beast Burgers are brilliant, and the whole... Uh, street food on that you know the market and and how we've got the greek food you've got the greek, greek shack, shack you've the got a coffee shop now pioneers that's on there they do the best cheese toasty um yeah pioneers see i've i've like not heard of them we've had the baker's mill on well we've had vicky from deadly bakes on um we're trying to get the good well, way me trying to get the greek shack on they've said they do it but i know they're really busy because they've just got another shop and that we've had the good burger on from that's not but going back to freeman street hope that's really good i think freeman street could be revolutionised if I think it's I mean but it's such a main route in but I had an idea because it's quite desolate and it's quite multicultural as well it's like where the African food shops are it's where a lot of the Polish community is because we've got a big Polish and Romanian community in them like Grimsby and like they've all got the supermarkets there and we've got the Russian and the Chinese supermarkets but maybe if you had the because further down it's a bit desolate and there's a lot of shutters there and there's a lot of dead like shots we should really do something with them maybe get street artists graffiti artists to spray paint and the like shutters like um, they've done on cleethorpe's front do some murals so it brightens it up a bit but again it's not the nicest part of town and it's not the nicest part of town and um but maybe that's because no one's bothered about it and i think if we put money into it it might show the people there that oh they do care about us they do care about this side of town um you know, they might be a bit better. It might be a bit more of a community instead of homeless people down there and just drugs and drunks because that's what mainly sort of it, it is around there. I, and that's like a, I that's a perception, it and I think it gets. And I'm not saying that that it that doesn't that isn't down there, but it's not all that's it, down no, there. No, it's know, definitely I, not what's all down there. But that's what it's perceived as, and I should have really said that before I said it. It's perceived as that it ain't got a good name. Yeah. Re- like really. But back in the day, again, we'll go back to the 60s where we was a bustling fishing town. So I've been told because I'm not that old. Um, it, it um, like was banging. So I feel the money should be put into something that we can rejuvenate and build up like a phoenix. Yeah, Fre- Freeman Street needs a lot of TLC. The Freeman Street Phoenix. We should get a campaign together. <laughs> we should. Well, our <laughs> office was down there. so we I know st- it was on um, Ryby Square. Yeah. Got a yeah. good Chinese there. Yeah, it's next door to us. Yeah, yeah. it was good there. Is, was it, is it still open? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It never seemed open. Um, I, I went there, but it was quite a few years ago. Yeah. When we went there. Um, they do a buffet that you pay £20 and eat as much as you want. Yeah, that's what we did. And again, I think that, that would have done better if it was in a better part of town. 
But we've got Caxton Theatres down there as well. We've got the new exchange bar, which is the drag queen bar, gay bar, um, bar there that I'm trying to get them on. Um, so it is, a, but again, it's that it's just that area in of like it's got that. But then we've got a gym there, so I think we could make it better. But no one's prepared to do it. I think people are. I think there's there's been ideas. The the Freeman um, do a lot. Uh, around that. oh because they do meet in the market don't they yeah. they've got a business hub there yeah um, and we did a lot of, of stuff and, and met with the, the freemen and you know people on the market and, and what have you because when all the flats you know got pulled down yeah. that took a lot of the footfall it did I used, there. I used to deliver medication and I used to deliver to their houses and I used to have to go up to some of them and like the spe- spectacular views, really nice. Mm. And it's just a shame they had to come down. Yeah, and it, it created a void. Yeah, because it's like, I I mean, I read, oh, I'm sure I heard a room that some Chinese investment people bought it for like property. I'm but not sure. now they seem to do nothing with it. Mm. But what are they going to do? Who, like, who owns that land now? I, I don't, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. There but, you go. It's so like. But we all have certain parts of town in like everywhere across the world that aren't very good, that ain't got money put into it. But I do feel people need to, I don't know, just might need to do some all come together because like this year has been crap, like especially these last 15 years, 15 years, 15 months, hadn't been very good for anyone, I don't think. No. But um, we'll come more into that. But how did you, so how do you run for councillors? Just, um, just to say someone wanted to run for independent or... Because I take it Labour might have put you through for a council, or did you have to go through? Is like, put, is it two different routes? Well, do you know? I don't know how you would be an independent, um, really. If I'm being honest, in terms of how it happened for me, well, first of all, you have to be like you know a member of the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have been for a certain amount of time as well, and you. You know, you, you throw your hat in the ring and then there's a selection process and, you know, you do, give written statements, you do a presentation and it's a vote, you know, so... Oh, right. Yeah. You got the vote then? I did. I, th- I think it was an all-women shortlist, Hennage, because the councillor that was leaving was, um, was female. Right. So those mechanisms are in place to try and make sure there's a you know good balance of of councillors and what have you so yeah uh, i gave my presentation and um was selected to be the candidate for Hennage. what was your main objectives of the Hennage ward and how where did it start and like go from the Hennage ward is it, that is all the way to people's park Hennage ward it's, it's really big um matthew patrick would be able to tell you the exact boundaries yeah. of Hennage ward but we come back all the way, sort of Wheelsby Woods. So it's quite diverse, Hennage. You've yeah. got, you know, the Wheelsby Woods and the housing, you know, Bronze Garth and sort yeah. of the housing around there. Then we go all the way up to um, <coughs> almost near Durban Road the, and all the way down Hennage. Because um, right. then it cuts off and it becomes um, East Marsh when you go yeah. slightly further down. So. Um, does it go up towards People's Parkway? As, as well or is that a different one it's, it goes up sort of you know like where Miller and Carter is and um, Peaks when you go to um, Peaks Parkway it goes up to that bit and then it comes all the way up to 
um, where you start coming up the road where Pennells is. There's just at the end of there. There's um, so it's massive then, isn't it? Really, it's quite a big. You had your work cut out there. Well, we did a lot of walking. I bet you did. You should have just got drones and flyers fly off them. It's not the same, is it? <laughs> no, as, you have uh, to have that personal interaction. You do. I saw every alleyway. Did you? Knocked on as many doors as we possibly could. On the last day, um, I think I was on my feet from half past five in the morning until nine o'clock at night. I literally felt like I couldn't walk another foot. Really? Yeah. But I believe, uh, you know, I believe you have to earn your vote. You can't... What was your main objectives there? What was the main complaints about from people? Issues that were raised, which I think was across the borough, to be fair, fly tipping, alleyways, um some of the roads as well uh, yeah so uh, just issues like that general sort of street scene and people not feeling listened to don't you know or don't know, didn't feel that they could identify with with somebody yeah. with something that was that was meaningful and that's what local politics should be it should be really accessible yeah for people for everybody what about dog muck was dog muck a thing that wasn't raised that much and to be honest it wasn't it wasn't too too bad but i know it is it, it's it, a lot of people complain around here a lot of uh, dog fouling and stuff but you've just reminded me of something now around here something interesting happened a couple of months ago wasn't it? like a young boy was seen walking about in his pajamas yeah and he wasn't found, and he wasn't reported missing. It, it was quite frightening, actually. The police knocked on our door at like two o'clock in the morning. And really? You, yeah. Well, you just think something bad's happened to a yeah, member of, of your family, yeah, of you do, don't yeah. you? Um, so yeah, it was it was strange. They um, they were around. There was a big police presence. They were doing a lot of looking. They even went in the water, didn't they? Yes. Didn't um, find anything, did they? And like, no boy was reported missing. No there's like no rumours of anything then no nothing on the great van because you live in the neighbourhood I want the lowdown has anything been said I honestly have heard nothing really really it's quite scary isn't it to be fair yeah Uh, I mean quite weird isn't it is it because like to just give the backstory Ian was seen on one of them ring doorbells wasn't he or like someone CCTV CCTV I think like walk in like pyjamas that looked like pyjamas yeah then he just vanished yep I think the most plausible one is maybe he got out without the parents knowing. And but got then, back in. Yeah, but then still, then parents would have heard about this if it if it was close vicinity and said, it's young Jakey or Jackie. Yeah, or well, to be fair, we, we only know what we get told, don't we? So there might have been a resolution and mm. information that, that meant that that issue was resolved and understood, but we just don't know what it is. I just didn't. I just didn't know if you heard anything on the down. No, on like the DL. I was all excited. I thought <laughs> I'm gonna have to remember it when I come. Um, so going back to it, unfortunately, Labour lost, and they had a quite a big losing. Really, I mean, they lost Hartlepool, didn't they? And yeah. that was like over was it 135, 130 years. Was it? Some, it was a long, long, time. long, long time, wasn't it? Um, why do you think Labour took a hit and has took a hit? Because like last election, it was like a blue wave. Why did do you, like do you think it was people blaming Jeremy Corbyn and because he was a bit too far from it? People are saying they've lost the way with the working people. Do you, do you think Labour's changed from when you started with them to now? And have you got a personal view on why and what's gone wrong with Labour? 
Well, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? And mm. I mean, I've obviously you've worked there, you've seen the insight, you've seen the working mechanisms of it, so to speak. You've run for councillor. Um, how how do you feel that Labour could be improved? And how do you think Keir Starmer's done and doing? I think the the blue wave had. Uh, again there was multiple factors and I think you know Jeremy Corbyn and Brexit um, were were factors during during that time Um, I think maybe the 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 message um, hasn't been coming across as as clear um, to people of of what Labour stands for and, and, and what they want to do in in terms of me personally, that's why I threw my hat in the ring. Because yeah. if you want things to be different, you've got to do that. Then thing. you've got to try. And it was a really difficult decision actually to make, because to, you raise your head above the parapet. And I'm not a very thick-skinned person. No, and I, no, and no. I don't like. It seems to be an arena where it seems acceptable to be like really unkind. And it doesn't matter what sort of campaigns we have. You know, we had the Be Kind campaign not long, you know, on, on the back of, um, you know, someone taking their own own life, Caroline yeah. Flack. And it resonated with everybody that to be more kind, but for for some reason that it, it doesn't stay that way. In No, but, but at the end of the I mean, sort of clarifying like, Caroline Flax is a bit of a different issue mm. because it's like it's, it, it was their choice and we don't know what was going on in that person's mind I mean I've got mental health issues I'm on like medication for it um, but you don't know what's going on in that person's mind like obviously stuff doesn't help but they all blame the press and I thought that was I mean I know what the press are like and it's like they'll lie and like it's garbage but yeah it's a very touchy subject that well, I don't. I don't necessarily mean you blame the press. It's that it won't. Right. It's not okay. just the press, is it? it it's anybody who, yeah. who can go on social media and and say stuff and and when you. But I don't think you'll ever get rid of that. It's just like the playground bullying because I got ostracised from one of my podcasts. I am like dead, and I didn't say anything personal to people, but people who I thought were my friend, well, people that I knew, took personal digs, and I'm like, that's out of order. Bringing up personal stuff on like a forum mm. I'm all for free speech and that and I don't really care but I want personal to them I'm not going to bring up their mm. anything but I you know could have been personal brought up the past but it's just tit for tat um, you'll never get everyone living in a world of harmony because, no. you, because you're going to have sociopaths and you, you're going to have so, so, like so, psychopaths people are always going to want more so if we went into a socialist society and things like that, you'd always have that person that wants two more of of, of anyone else. Yeah, but that that was one of the barriers, the yeah. the worry about because I say I'm not particularly thick skinned and you know, and I I put myself forward because, um, I, you know, instead of moaning about how things were going or worrying about how things were going. I thought, well, you know, I can put myself forward. You are a kind person, I am, like, can tell. I've got a sense you're a kind person. Oh, thank you. Good vibes, it's, and it's a good feeling. But maybe politics wouldn't have been for you, maybe, if you're not thick-skinned, because, I mean, you see how... I mean, Diane Abbott's always in the press, and it's always people... 
saying, look what she's done now. Just, it's, it's nearly every other week. And it's like, that's what the press are going to do. Not so much for local councillors. Well, no, but I'm just giving you a, yeah, a thing. Like, sort of, you know, you have a, like a local Facebook page and there's always trolling going on. I mean, it'd be nice if, you know, like if everyone was kind, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, I, I think you're absolutely, I think you're right. But the, th- the thing is that I would still stay true to how... Yeah. I feel about it, and, and you that's know, you've I got integrity. I haven't put anything negative about any other candidate, so I don't have anything negative to say. You know, so I haven't even met most of them, mm. um, and you know, although, although you know, I'm not particularly thick-skinned, I, I'm, I can challenge, and I yeah. think that you know, you don't have to be aggressive to challenge, and. In terms of how I see being a ward councillor would be, you know, you are representing that ward. You're their mouthpiece. You're for them. In an arena where they don't feel they can get their voice heard. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm much better at getting things across and done for people because it really gives me that drive yeah. to do it um, rather than, you know, from just challenging something about Selfless myself. Selfless acts sort of thing yeah so yeah i just thought you know it's an extension of my of my working life to listen to people hear them because that's important because i think people they get listened to but i don't know if they always feel like they've been that they've been hurt and you know i thought well i i can do that you know i can i can represent people i can listen to them i can um understand why things are you know you can't solve everything you can't solve everything and that's hard for for people who want a resolution to things but i think if you take the time and and listen to them and look into what it is and try and give an honest practical explanation about why that can't be changed right now i think that that's what should happen that's what people deserve that yeah i like think you might have had your work cut out because like people aren't trusted of like sort of government whether it be national or local we've got very distrust because you know, council get blamed for a lot of things and um i think we need more people like you a bit honester people because what's going on in the minute with the dominic dominic cummins thing and um, this boris johnson thing how do you think what do you think of that it's 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 crazy isn't it i haven't i haven't paid it much attention I'm, I'm not gonna lie um I just he seems a bit of a a man not to be trifled with Dominic Nick Cummins in in like the sense he, you might you might feel like you might not want to employ him might you well I don't know he did Brexit didn't he apparently but then he yeah helped. but then you know one minute he's you know in there and then the next minute he's he's chomping at the bit to because he had a lot of information and he's he's and he's got more he's like one of them people that probably forward thinks and think if this goes wrong i need something to back myself up with mm. so we collected all the information but it's just tit for tat i'm not keen on matt hancock anyway so they can do what they want to him and i did like him until he said and it was one time last year he said um if you don't behave i'm just paraphrasing now but he said if you don't behave yourselves we'll take you like exercise time from you and i'm like 
you can't say that. There was aspects all the way through lockdown, I felt, where it seemed to, you know, blaming blaming the public was the way to go with it. The way forward is protect the NHS. And now we've protected it. There's still barely back tracking going on the 21st. It's madness. It's madness. What's like your views on COVID? Have you got any views? Do you think it's real? Do you think there's more to it? Do you think the government played straight with us? I think it's real. I've had my jabs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, How know. did you feel with them? Well, I was nervous to go and have one, but um, you know, I, I get quite nervous about health stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't think you're the only one. <laughs> no, I like think that's most of people. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I was relieved to to go and have the jab. Um, do I think that we get told everything? Well, no. Um, but do I trust the NHS and the medical professionals who are who you know are advising us on the vaccines and mm. that? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I I think that. I don't like to sort of go down the rabbit hole with lots of things. I think it can be very distracting from life and it, yes. it can get you really caught up. And It can, yeah, and definitely. I think, yeah, and I think it can, like, you can become t- more and more fearful about about things. Um, and, you know, I, I suffer a little bit with anxiety myself. I had, yeah. you know... A, about two years ago and in the same year I had quite a massive operation and lost my best friend and it brought on some health anxiety Mm. um, sort of thing so actually the sort of fear initially of getting COVID was much stronger than the fear of having the injection and and what have you but I think it was quite scary at first it just I'd never experienced anything like it It I don't think no one has not in this sort of generation maybe the same the last thing that maybe was World War Two, two incomparable, th- in you know you can't compare them. Um, but yeah, I think it w- was a shock because he locked down on my birthday, so that ruined that. Yeah, well, we all we all had lockdown birthdays here um, as well. Yeah, yeah, twenty third of March. She says right, everything's going on. Like, everything's oh. closing. Yeah, I think we tried to find the the positives out of it. What what it did do is our life slowed down a bit. Um, we had time go for walks and spend more time with each other um and be a bit more creative it always felt like we were just getting through the day if that makes sense and then just knackered (laughs) yeah because like i went for walks and one thing i did notice is that i was saying hello to people more Mm. and then the people i was saying hello to were the people that were told to stay inside them they were all old people like sandwiches on the bench it happened to you as well yeah they were all out and like they were saying i'm not being told what to do like sort of thing they had that attitude yeah. but i do think because like we were starting to see people the same time every morning and i thought it was good like that um it may have sorted out a lot of things at homes it might have give people time to chill and and like relax um i don't think it's good working from home um i started my new job in lockdown I w- did you all right how did that go down that's weird it was weird um i still work from home so i I guess you're off it it you see how do you feel because like working from home might seem good but in a couple of months and i've heard this um from psycho because like jeremy vine radio 2 last like before this pandemic even started 
that was on there saying working from home isn't as good for the people because you can't get that break from being out and coming in. Even if you have an office and say, well, no, I've got my office, you're still at home. You're not getting that break of coming in and go, I'm knackered now from work, but it's so good to be here because you've got that. You've already got it. So how were you coping then with working from home? Did like you feel it's harder? It, it was it was strange. I, I, look, I'm lucky. Um, my my manager is he really is a lovely man. Um, very caring uh, as well. So I felt really supported through through that through the period of learning a new job at home. Hadn't met anybody. Hadn't been in the building. I'm like I'm a person that does things by doing them. Do you know what I mean? I learn by doing and I sort of have to understand what's going on. And I found it really strange that I hadn't physically seen the structure of where I worked and other people doing the job and how that feeds into it. So that that was tricky. I had to really make sure that I got up and got ready for work, not fall into... A lot of people have said that, saying they kept the same routine. Yeah, so I did have to do that. It has its upsides, you know, my petrol <laughs> expenses yeah. are You'll are be low. in for your Amazon orders. Yeah, <laughs> in for all deliveries. Um, I could take my little girl to school and pick her up, which is something... She's always gone to kids' club in the morning and right. kids' club after school. Um, so two days a week, I'd take her and pick her up from school. Um, so that's nice. We, we've got our dog um who is you know it's better for her to have company so that's um yeah that's another upside the downside is that you multitask and you know if i was at work in an office i wouldn't be washing up and doing the iron in in between right appointments and stuff i, I sort of became a, a carer of my parents over uh, during like lockdown as yeah. well so yeah so <laughs> So the separation and from work and home is not always easy to achieve when you work from home. And you do miss the the team, you know, the talking yeah, to the people. Yeah, like social I, interaction. I can go all day without having really face-to-face contact yeah. with, with people. So it's got its pros and it's got its cons. I think that's you saying about the social interaction. I think that's one thing that was upsetting about... Um, the lockdown and something also which I find a bit distressing and a bit sad is how easily people have been reprogrammed or been sort of yeah just reprogrammed into like this mask thing is going to stay with some people forever now that's just going to be there and the social distancing is going to be there as well for some people and some people will never be how they were because they're so scared and I think that's partly the media and um where was I going with it? And yeah, and I just think it's sad that people have, and it's not, and it's like not a short space of time. I mean, it's not a long space of time. It's a very short space of time. This has all happened in. So I think like transitioning out of lockdown back into normal life is going to have such a, a huge impact on on people. Some people. Some people. Well, even for me, like I, I am already starting to think how how will i get everything done and be at work for nine o'clock in the morning if oh, that I, makes sense are you going back to work or are you going to be working from home f- it'll probably be probably be a hybrid type situation like two so, days are you two days there? yeah sometimes in that, the office sometimes at home well, that which, could work out better to yeah be fair. It, it could could work out better but oh, also if you're not be good if you're not a massively sociable person 
um you know, lockdown was a great excuse for not having to go anywhere and and do anything i know but i mean i, I mean i'm not a massive lover of technology i like sort of sort of think it's taken over and i think we're becoming too more too reliant on it and i don't think it's good i think it's taken away a lot of socially like sort of social interaction um was like, I, I was concerned it was raising some you know that um six of our um children's hubs uh, have been closed yeah and you know we was in a lockdown when that happened and i just think how, how can we do that right now when we don't know what our community is going to look like when we when we come out of this mm-hmm. you know and people have been isolated for 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 so long and those centers are there to stop that type of isolation yeah you know the whole the theory behind them was that you could walk to them in your community access that support that help that networking um so yeah that that was a real concern that at a time like that that we're reducing them services and reduce you know and reducing that some of our mental health services and our, you know, dyslexia screening. And I just think, you know, now's not the time to, yeah. be, to be doing that. We need to have a look at what people need when we, you know, as we're moving as we move back. On. Yeah. I mean, technology played a part, I suppose, through Zoom calls and things like that, Netflix and Prime. I wouldn't really cast that as the technological age. I mean, I'm off social media. I, I don't think social media is good. Um, and I was the biggest for it I, th- I, 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 I like to think but um, I've come off social media and it's like part of this ironically I'm freer now with this lockdown than I've ever been because it's made me see it's like I can't I'm I'm not one for living by rules really and I've always been opposed to like being told what to do and I think I, I'm, like, I think it was horrible I think it was a nasty and evil thing to do to lock people down I don't think it was good for anyone because it was just so upsetting. People were so distressed. You've mentioned yourself when it first happened. Everyone was scared, witless, and like this change just happened like that, just literally overnight. And it's like you can't go out. You can't go see your friends. You can't go see your mum. You can't go see, see your dad. At one point, you can't I, go to the shop for a paper because it's not a necessity. And it's like what? Yeah. At one point, when we when the bubble situation started to arise i had to choose who i was having in my bubble my mum or my dad so i couldn't have they don't live together you see ah, so right. couldn't have both of them and but my, um, but my dad had, my dad suffers quite badly with, with bipolar and, and depression and right and he 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 needed us yeah. more than my mum did at that time so my dad came into our bubble and how did he co- how's how's he coped with you don't have to go into it for you know i just wonder obviously again you've worked with your father through the lockdown and you've got first hand experience and we've just been on about so we offered he suffered before the lockdown came so did it get worse for him it it did it did impact on him because um he couldn't see us and my little girl um for for quite some time and i think it, he felt really lonely i was cooking his dinners and we were you know dropping him off putting him on his doorstep and doing his shopping and dropping That's it off so sad on his doorstep and what have you it was but i wanted him to be safe definitely as well of course, yeah and then that's when we had to weigh up in the end what was safest was it for him to be able to be with us because we obviously you know uh, my, my husband he's a teacher so he was in, in school environments my little girl was in school environments up, you know up until they mm. shut them completely 
um and at the time i was in a school environment as well so i guess there was that would it be irresponsible to bring my dad into, into this an environment, home yeah. when we are all you know still having contact with with people so but yeah everything closed down in the end and then um bubbles were allowed so yeah I mean, going back to that, I just wanted to get back to the technology. It, it like, did play a part, but yeah, I don't think it's the best for humanity. And yesterday I went into Cleethorpes. I did a podcast before I came here to see you. It was only a 20-minute one, unlike my own. Um, but it was. Not, I went out yesterday to, to the bit, and it was packed. It was so, so busy. We've got the circus in Light Town now, haven't we? We've got Cleethorpes Circus. Um, Cleethorpes Circus, we've got the circus in Cleethorpes. And it was packed. It was so busy. And yet a... People annoy me, big crowns really do my head in. But paradoxically, I liked it because it was so nice to see people out living the lives, being social, the shops open, everyone eating fish and chips and that. And I thought it was quite nice. I didn't find the traffic nice. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> the traffic was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. And it's like what we were saying before, there was, there was pros and cons. I don't like big crowds either. No. Um and I, and I don't think I'm a big hugger, actually. So some aspects of it were quite yeah. beneficial in in some respects. We, you know, we thought of things to do. You know, me and my little girl did the crepe paper dyeing of our hair. So we dyed our hair rainbow. We, we wouldn't have done that, um, you know. No, so you've got to find the best out of it, haven't, like, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. How, like, how did your little girl, how, how, how did your little girl handle everything? Uh, she was fine. She didn't such understand what was she scared because I think my nephew is 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 well he's he's like twelve or eleven. I can't. Remember. I think he's eleven, and he said he was all right. But I said to him, you know, and he went, yeah, I'm fine. But there's that look where he's like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I think she was fine. Um, we kept everything as positive. Homeschooling, I mean, that is not easy i think that puts so much pressure on on people oh, you had to do homeschooling yeah we had to do homeschooling well, your husband's a teacher it would have been like a busman's holiday it, it won he's a secondary school teacher she was seven it was an absolute nightmare <laughs> home is not school no is it home is not school and you know i was getting and i was trying to work and homeschool and i was finding that i was using bribes you know what bribes were you using? Popcorn. I mean, popcorn at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's never been acceptable yeah. before. And you wouldn't be having that at school. You've either. got experience to be a local councillor, you see, by using your bribes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's popcorn, 10 o'clock in the morning. I find that could be quite acceptable, depending on what it was. If it's salty, no. If it's sweet, She yes. only eats salty. Don't like sweet popcorn. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm a, yeah, salty popcorn. Salty popcorn. No, it's weird. She's got quite weird tasting food, actually. To be honest, but I've had that salty popcorn before, and it's horrible. It is. It's very salty, especially well. when they mess it up at the cinema. Yeah, which I probably won't be ever going to again now. But um, so did she get the popcorn? Yeah, yeah, every yeah, a lot of days. She has a lot of popcorn. Um, it's she loves school, mm-hmm. and she loves the structure of school and and her friends at school and we just we couldn't mimic that here it's it, it's well, you that know, house you, know you can't can you yeah the work that we, you know it was more it was quite it was boring um you know a lot of the time and you know at nearly 45 years old i had to google a lot of stuff it's amazing what you you're not what the you only one to say that forget. Low, like sort of loads of people saying 
I can't do my kids' maths homework. No. I haven't well, got a clue. Yeah, and some of the English as well. I was like, what does that mean? A conjunctive or something like that. I was like Googling it. Because you just don't you just don't chat like that in, in your normal no. life, can you? You can write stuff and you can do your job and you can get everything but done. But you like, never yeah. say, do you know what that needs? It needs an adjective and a whatever and a whatever. You, you just you never say that, do you? So you forget what yeah. they are and, and what they do. And maths isn't my strong point either. So yeah, the maths homework was was difficult i want to speak more about the bribes you bribed with popcorn what else did you bribe with bribed with popcorn bribed with that's 10 o'clock in the morning yeah, yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning so popcorn breakfast essentially um popcorn breakfast. yeah but uh, during the end of the week i was getting pretty desperate and she always loves it if we all sleep downstairs like camp out downstairs which my back does not like that and um you know it was getting towards the end of the week and i was getting pretty pretty desperate and i was like come on if you if you do all your schoolwork today and you're really good we'll have a camp out on friday said it it left it left my mouth i couldn't take it back (laughs) and part of me thought god i hope she's naughty that we don't actually have to have to do this but no she was good so yeah camp outs um we had to keep breaking it up yeah if you if you do 10 minutes you can watch a movie um it, it was just that's probably the best way you know that's probably the best way to do it yeah you like sort of do this for me scratch my back and i'll scratch yours sort of thing yeah yeah but when i try i ask you like disclaimers when i was you know making work calls i was like i am working from home and there's you know a a child here because she fell down the stairs one day when i was on on she all right she was absolutely fine i checked on her you know 20 minutes after (laughs) after i was on my work call she was crying so i could hear she was fine no she was fine but it's difficult and you know our house isn't very big and we was all in here my my middle son was living here as well right um at the time so there was just the all of us and all of a sudden, the house felt much smaller. Did he smaller. camp downstairs? Were we? No, no, he didn't. Pop, but he did help with some of the um, homeschooling. But I had oh, to sort of bri- cool, well, I had to bribe him as well. So it was just oh, right. yeah. It was what just, did you bribe him with? Um, please, can you just do this? And uh, do you know I can't even remember. If you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. <laughs> just uh, you know, we had to yeah work together. But was there a time that there was a it, it would come to like a big pressure cooker and something was going to pop did like you ever all of you get really fed up and just go because like, I mean it's not like you could go out no. to cool down as well which is like weird yeah I mean I know they made exceptions if people were being bullied this and that the other but if like you spend a long time I know you love that person but you wouldn't want to spend 24-7 with them no yeah, there was loads. Yeah, there was loads of times like that when you know sometimes all you could hear. There's, I, I would be sat there working. My husband would be sat in the kitchen working, and then my daughter would be there on her laptop. And you could just hear all the noise, sort of background noise of people trying to to work and 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 do stuff. And it it just felt like we was all together too much. And it, like I say, it made a house felt so small sometimes. Mm. Just too small because in the whole time we've been together we've never spent that amount of time together Mm. you know condensed in a in a house and you know and everything still had to go on didn't it we we still had to do our work from home and you know my little girl still had to do her schoolwork and we had to you know send it in to to show that it had been done and some morning she wake you we wake up and we'd be like it was like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Very much like Groundhog Day. 
because like how I did it, I mean, I was half and half. I was on furlough and sometimes working, on furlough, sometimes working. I'm back working now. Um, but normally I would get up, do a big bike ride, come home, shower, breakfast, read a bit of a book. I like read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I had this guy, this author on, and he brought about six, five books. And I'd like, so like read all them. So I like did some books. Then in the afternoon, I did my second part of my exercise, which was my excuse to walk to the shops. But I just went up Cleethorpes. I just walked up Cleethorpes to the beach and came back. So I was maybe doing about 20,000 steps. Yeah. Like a day. And I think you mentioned it before about you try to get into a routine at home. I think A, being where we are helped. Like, like again, the sea, a massive help. I don't think I would have survived, really. I don't think... I don't know what would have happened if I would have been in a high-rise in Leeds. Yeah. I don't think I could have coped with it, to be fair, because I'm very antsy at times. I'm very... And if I get stressed out, my way of cooling down is going for a walk, going for a bike ride, but probably going for a drive, going up for a drive. We've got I've, we've got a hill. We've got a hill in the, like the walls. There's two. Well, there was three, but one's been closed off now where you can just park up and you can see all of the Humber and that. Just go there and it's 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 so chilled. But um, I didn't do that because you couldn't travel anywhere. But um, yeah... I like try to get into a routine, like a like a routine, and then I've got stuff to do because I think if you haven't got a routine, you're knackered. Yeah, we 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 went we went and had like breakfast on the beach some mornings and just to break it up a bit and Popcorn. to be out of the house. No, we want a bribe day. It was beach. just uh, just normal breakfast on the beach. That's but, wicked. Yeah, so that was nice. Yeah, just doing that. It wasn't always particularly very warm, but. I just don't think any of us cared. We was out outside doing something a little bit different. Bit different. My house was the cleanest it's ever been. What I did. A lot dis- of people said that. What I did discover is that my house isn't usually is usually messy because I'm busy. I discovered that actually I'm rubbish at housework and I hate it. Right. So the first <laughs> first month, my house was really really clean. But then I, you know, there was no way I was keeping on top of that, and I think I yeah. felt like I raised everyone's expectations too high, as well. To be honest, I think everyone thought, "Oh, she's just going to keep cleaning, and the house is yeah. going to be really clean." So, yeah, no. So I just discovered that I just I genuinely do hate housework. It had nothing to do with yeah. the fact that I was always too busy. Some people like housework, though. People who've got OCD, it tends to chill them out. That mm. I've, I've heard. I mean, I've got a bit of OCD, but yeah, I don't, don't think, think I house- am. If I'm, if I'm something needs to be done, I need to do it, then I can have a, a day. Because my, like, theory in, like, like, the working world is if you leave something too long, something else will come in. And then yeah. you, something else will come in. So if, if like, something needs to be done, just do it, then it's out of the way. Yeah. I, I am like that. If and something needs to be done, I just can... Just chill out until yeah. something else comes in. I can I can I can do a, a lot of things if, if yes. that makes sense. I'm, you know, I can... I'm, quite, I'm much more productive when I'm busy. Right, yeah. Much more productive when I'm busy. And that that was another struggle about being in the house all the time. Everything seemed less urgent. And I think I need a sense of urgency. I quite like deadlines. And I quite like, you know, having to do stuff and needing to do stuff for a certain time. And I think I function much better. I work by times a lot. I'm I'm, I'm very... When someone says I'll be there at ten past eight, they're going to be there at ten past eight. If and if they're like five minutes or ten minutes late, that's unacceptable. <laughs> but that's my autism because it's um it's like um I was doing a book. I'm doing a CBT book. Um, well, I was doing a CBT book. Um, um, and it, what was it? CBT book. What was it saying? Just 
let me give you, oh no it wasn't a CBT book it was a book um the like um chimp paradox have you read the book or no. have you heard of it? it's really good and like there was one thing there saying um there's this couple were going on a date and he's meeting his girlfriend say and he's waiting at the cinema and she said she'll be there at half eight because the film starts at quarter nine and she was late but before but before she had a chance to explain he just went off his editor basically and it's something i'd do and they're saying you can't do that basically you've got to wait for their explanation because you don't know what's happening and the other key thing in this book was um not everyone thinks the same as you. No. So, like, I think everyone else has got my strange logic. And, like, people... I think people think the way I think. So, if they say 10 past 8, I want them there at 10 past 8. And if it's not, I get dead angry with it. I'm like, just tell me then. Don't say one thing and not do it. Yeah. I think that's but, a really important thing in a massive skill to remember that... Because it's really easy to assume that everyone's thinking what you are and everyone's values are the same as what you are and what's important to you is probably important to everybody else. And that's not true. No. You know, and it's it's a it's a real skill and I think it's something that we all need to keep working on because that's when I think that's when we become complacent as as human beings, assuming. Assuming that we th- we know what other people think, what yeah. other people want, because it's probably similar to me. And that's not true. It's, you know, people have lots of different needs, lots of different opinions. Their values, values fluctuate depending on what's happening in your life at that moment in time and, and what have you. So that's something that I feel like I really, really try to to consider all of the time that we are all different. We Our priorities are different. The things that are important to us are, are different the way we approach things are different. Yeah. And that's absolutely okay. My eldest son has autism as well. He's a high-functioning right. um, autistic person. And What does what does high-functioning autistic mean? Does that... Because like I sort of looked at this because I've got some symptoms of being autistic, like sort of like my timing. Um, and also, if I have an interest, I've got to focus all my attention on, the, on just that one interest. I can't have another interest. I can't be interested in two things. So if I was interested in woodwork, but I also liked, say, playing chess, these are just things I'm pulling out of the air, I couldn't have one or the other. I'd have to have one. That's similar to autism. But I'm functional is that I can actually live my life and it doesn't impact me. My timing, that I worry a lot, analyse too much. Even if, like, I know logically nothing's going to happen, I'm like worrying all the time. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah, he, he was the worrier. Yeah. Um, I I learned, he's, he's 20, <coughs> 26 this year, I learned a lot from him um, because there were so many things that he struggled with and that was the biggest realisation that we, we're not all the same we don't think the same we don't need or want the same we're different mm. and we and respecting him and understanding that w- was a part of the process where he became so much better and so yeah. much more confident and felt like he could be himself and I think that's really important that everyone has the opportunity to feel that to feel that they're valued because of who they are not because you know not because they have to be a certain way because they think that people will 
accept them better There's or they can't be bothered to explain themselves and, and, and stuff like that and it, it's just yeah there's definitely an element of that and that relates to one of the reasons why I came off Instagram and social media because I wasn't doing things for myself on there I, I, I was trying to be clever to get likes and living my life through Instagram so if I saw something cool I'd be like bang Instagram where I should be appreciating that for what it is and having it for me you see what I mean it's like these people who go to concerts you like see them over phones you're living in the moment you're not going to get that moment back you're just going to post it and get like a couple of likes on it yeah I don't or, do Instagram or Twitter when's the last time you're going to like watch that concert you're not going to sit and ever watch that concert how many people go through the photos really or the videos and be watching and like they don't but what, what a handful of people maybe so yeah. do it for yourself and like I was living my life through other people people are living their life through Instagram and it's like I feel loads better it's done a massive thing for me because I'm not in there in that world trying to outdo each other mm. and I used to be just like that just like that and these last few months I've changed I think I've changed but it like wasn't even hard but yeah sorry go on you were saying <laughs> You was on about the sun, your son saying that you've learnt and like no one thinks the same or and like people should be allowed. Yeah, people should be allowed to, you know, to be able to have things that are important to them and their priorities and it doesn't matter that they're not the same as everybody else's or, you know, the reason the reason for, for doing what we do. It, it's just, I think a lot of people, we really do assume and I think it's because life is busy um that everyone is thinking sort of very similar yeah to how we are and you know it's good to to stop sometimes and just just check that yeah because it it can lead that can be impactful on people's mental health because people go home and they might have felt that they haven't had the opportunity to be themselves all day because you get carried away in in the moment of people you know sort of saying things for the sake of other things yeah. rather than yeah yeah definitely and it i mean like i'm thick-skinned but you're not so obviously we we wouldn't work the same so like sort of thing i think a massive problem as well and it's helped me coming off social media and part of that is my self-responsibility looking at myself saying well you do that you're part of the problem so why don't you change it and i think a lot of people excuse me nowadays haven't got self-responsibility they're, they're like willing to blame other people like i'm in or I've like been in debt and I can't blame the bank for that it, completely my fault so that's held me back but I think a lot of people are like well I should have that I should have this but you've said yourself you went out there and you worked for it you you like took on like what's on offer and I think people need a bit more foresight and go ahead and get it yeah I think instead of blaming others yeah it's you know it's it's easy to blame others or you know or or things around you isn't it and and to some extent um you know an element element of blame can be apportioned to to things like that you know if we haven't got the 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 things around us that we need to help us mm. then what do people do at that point because being self-responsible is also looking what's around what can help you and going and accessing that as well, you know, isn't it? Well, I've done that. I've um, signed myself up. I, I don't mind saying this out, but um, I've um, signed myself up to open minds for some for, for some anger management and just sort of, just sort of ways to calm me down because I know 
I can do box breathing and things like breathing exercises, but I just can't be asked to do that. There must be an easy way to calm myself down and just look at the world and go, it's all right, it's not like this. But I just thought I'm going to take that step because um, I, just, I just want to try and be better in like myself and with like my mental health. So I don't know if it's a worldwide thing or if it's a UK thing, but we've got something in Grimsby called Open Minds. I presume it's a national thing, isn't it? like into Open Minds. No, no, it's, oh, it's just it's, Grimsby. Yeah, it? it's local. It's it's our area is is. Oh, there you go. Okay, so I've learned some, but yeah, I've signed myself up there and they sent me a letter. They were all, like really quick with it and said just bring up to make an appointment. I've like been before, but I just think some sort of exercises to like help you through them situations. Well, that's where that's who I work for. Open Minds is it? Yeah, not oh, not um, not a therapy stuff or anything like that though. I oh, do right. em- it's a small world. It is a small world. So you, you could have sent my letter. I want no. I want to done. No, you want to done. No, you might receive my email. No, I won't. Want to done. What do you do then if you're not receiving emails? Or? Well, I work in the employment advisors team. Oh, right. a, a small team. Um, what does that yeah. consist of? Um, well, people who are accessing therapy for common mental health problems like uh, depression anxiety things like that um and employment is is an issue that's having an impact on that then they have an option to be referred over to employment advisors i mean there is a lot of jobs in grimsby you've just got to be prepared to go out there and find them because like um i mean it helps to be fair it helps that i've got my driving license that's a massive thing that it really is yeah um but I got made redundant from a job a couple of years ago. Uh, then I got a job literally the same day that I got made redundant. I got a trial that said, yeah, start work. And then within that week, I left that job. Um, and I went to the job I'm in now, because that's the job. I, but then I was still getting emails through. And I've still had job opportunities. So yeah. I don't really, and I don't know, because I'm not in the thick of it, but... When I've done that, I can't see no excuse for no one else getting a job around here. Again, it might be that I've got a bit more experience in maybe that field. Excuse me, and I've got a driving license, but we've got factories around here. You just go to an agency, just start. And as long as you're good with that agency and you turn up, you'll get offered a job within the six weeks or 12 weeks mm-hmm. of that. It can, like be com- it can be complicated, though. There's a lot of factors at, at play there, isn't there? For example, if you're a single parent and you need employment and you quite rightly said factories are the obvious option here i wouldn't advise it to anyone though because it's very mentally draining well also think of the shift patterns that we have as well and there's that you know when you are eligible for employment there's that thing hanging over your head that you have to get into employment otherwise you know that can cause issues as well so how does that single parent get to a factory for six o'clock in the morning you know if they don't drive the transport out there is not is often non-existent and what do they do with that child at six o'clock in the morning yeah as well so you know there's lots of factors that that oh yeah i just want saying you can go to a factory but there is all the job but like again yeah i i just going off my first and next sort of experience again that comes back to the same thing no one's got the same skill sets no one thinks like you do maybe they physically can't do that because it's mentally challenging and i know what that's like some yeah. days you wake up and you can't be asked for life and a lot of people you know we, we need things from our jobs you know like we need things from our friends and we need things from ourselves um you know all of those things feed into how you feel and, and how you are mm. as, a, as a person 
So, you know, for some people working in a factory it is, it is absolutely fine. Uh, it doesn't cause many issues at all. They love it, they enjoy it, they enjoy the people that they work with. But for some people, it might cause them a lot of anxiety. It might have an impact on their mental health. And that, yeah. that goes around to every job, doesn't it? All jobs, it doesn't matter what it is. It, it, it's important. Definitely. Because like when I um, got made redundant from my last job, it was a job in a skip place. And you know you get the skips on the side of the road and the film crap and things like that. I It was like sort of just running the yard, not running the yard, but working in them like a skip yard. And like that was depressing because you had to work in the rain and like that was hard work. Yeah. I did that more to a means at the ends, even though it was depressing and I didn't really like it. I knew I had a job. I knew I could run my car. I can like know I had money for this, that and the other. Yeah. And I could live my- and that's one of the only reasons I did it because I was used to that lifestyle. But in a way, even though it made me depressed doing that job, it gave me the foresight to work even harder to find a better job. Find another job, yeah. So sometimes it is beneficial. Yeah. But again, as like you say, I mean, but I mean, if I was a single parent and I was in that situation, and now I've signed the technology side off and the social media, but I would maybe think about starting my own Etsy business or my own crafting business or something like that because that's pretty big at the minute. Um, one what, thing what I if you're not crafty though, candle making, candle making is easy enough to mm. do give it a go yeah. if it's not for you it's not for you yeah i mean tie-dye t-shirts because a lot of people started businesses i think there's a japanese opening in hull and they learned to do the japanese thing and they set that up through like the lockdown again it's hard work though starting something from home if it's a soap company but everything's sort of there for you yeah maybe i'm a bit too hard on people i don't know no. I think um I like like I know how hard it is but because I've been there and I can do it and I've battled through but then again my depression might not be as bad as other people's depression it's hard to measure and that's when we shouldn't you know we shouldn't measure ourselves against other people it's you know your depression is is your depression I'd say anxiety because when I get anxious especially if I'm at work and I've got my day planned out this is another thing that ties me into the autistic spectrum and like I've got my day planned and then I'm doing it doing it and then I get a phone call saying oh you've got to do this do that and it's like throws me out and like it sends me around the bed and I'm proper angry about it get proper stressed and I know there's no reason to it I've got a job everything's fine but there's just something that makes me so that's why I've come to like open minds to like try and figure out a way of thinking I've tried the elastic band thing around my wrist all it does is catch my skin um so I've got to find a process that works for that works for me. Yeah, and you know, because I can't keep being angry with people on the phone. Like, <laughs> and different processes work for different people, and that's why it's important that we have those things for people to access. Yeah, isn't it? That's why we we shouldn't be closing them and reducing them. We need because if that doesn't work for you, then you bang on the door of the next one and try something else. And that's personal responsibility, you know, mm. carrying on trying to find the help until you find the one that works for you. And because not everything works for everybody, we're all different and our, our needs are different as well. Yeah. So that's why it's important that we have those things though, because people who can access that help and and live a better life and feel better about it they give more back into life as well it's it it works on a much bigger bigger scale than just you as one single person i mean beastberger started out going back to beastberger and putting things back into the community um 
A, they do a nice burger and fries and like everything, but yet they've got loads, they've like had to employ loads of people now, which is good because people have been employing and again they're putting the money in to the local community. Yeah. So, I, I, and I think you're right, you've got to find what works for like you, but I think we're both in agreement, you've got to make that first step. It's not going to come to you where a lot of people think it's going to come to them. I mean, I'm still thinking something's going to fall out the sky, but people are saying you've got to like get out there and get it. You've got to do it. No one's going to come to you. You've got to go out there, be proactive. But but sometimes that need that takes support for people, doesn't it? If you know, sometimes people need that support to, to make that step to be to be proactive. If you don't know what's out there and if you don't know what help there is or what services there are or, or what you what you need, it's a, it's a difficult first step to take, isn't it? I, I would counteract that problem with why don't they know? First, look at the issue of why aren't they knowing about this service? Why aren't they knowing we're here? Why, why have they got to go and Google, say, for instance, mental health help Grimsby, mental health. India mental health this that and the other people should know where to go already I could give you a perfect example of like my dad has doesn't know how to use the internet he doesn't have a mobile phone um so how how would he find out if I wasn't here or someone wasn't there to tell him how would he find out what's going on all over locally that yeah that's it that's a good point maybe local radio yeah because I've often thought um if I won the lottery, I'd do a, a local community radio station because I, I, I like think Compass was good, but now it's that's gone, hasn't it? That's been overtaken by yeah. Uh, but um, I think it's expensive to to do a community radio, and I just thought something like that that broadcasted to Grimsby Cleath thoughts maybe in Mingham, people could come on doing their own stuff, speak about what they want to speak about, have people on. That's nice. It's it's a it's a really nice way of bringing a community together. That lots of different voices lot, lots of different yeah. experiences promoting local local stuff you I know i think it'd be a brilliant idea mm. yeah i won't want to be the main dj because i don't think i would fare too well on the air to be fair i think i'd be banned instantly but just to be put out there and i'd be i'd love to be part of it but i think it's somewhat crazy like ten thousand pounds to start a community radio then you've got to apply for licenses so if you need to get into the camps of the board, you need to win Hennage, and then we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> or you well, could help me do it. But like, I mean, I just don't know because, like, you said that example, and I am like think if if there was a radio, because most people have got radios. Mm-hmm. If there was a local radio station with adverts on that, people say, if you know, come on here, have your seat. This is a safe place to say what you want to say. Any concerns about the like local? areas because like i mean as you say if your dad didn't know how would you find out because it yeah because he's not very mobile now so you know he's physically not out and about in the area um does uh, he listen to the radio sorry uh no i don't think he does is (laughs) at the minute he's quite obsessed with um pitbulls and parolees have you seen that no it's uh it's just it's a program on um i think it's on red West Red or something. It's uh, a, a, a lady who in America who set up like a dog rescue place, and she just believes in giving everyone second chances. So the people that she employs are usually people who have uh, who have been in prison, 
um, and the dogs that they rescue are often pit bulls, but not just pit, yeah. ball, pit bulls. It is amazing what they do and the lengths they go to to That'd help. Be quite interesting, save. to be fair. It, it is quite. I've, yeah. I've got into it because my dad comes on a Wednesday and on a Sunday, and and when he comes, we have it on. So and I've got into it. I have it on now when he's not here sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be cool. As I am think maybe volunteering is a light way, and as well, people should volunteer more because give them that. Always looks good on your CV as well if like you've done some volunteering. But I like sort of think that might make them a bit more into the community and things like that. Yeah, I started off volunteering. I think I think volunteering um, is great on on so many levels. You know, for one. The expectations and the expectations are sort of they're not there the same as what they are with paid employment. So if you're quite nervous and taking your tentative first steps mm-hmm. into being part of something, it's a more gentle approach to to be in. If that if that makes yeah. sense, and you know, it, and it does feel good to volunteer and and do something and and help with something it it does it feeds into that feel good factor that we all need every yeah. day uh, yeah yeah it does well thank you for coming on it's been an hour and 18 no i can't even see without my glasses an hour and 16 minutes oh you said just an hour i know sorry it's all right sorry well thanks for coming on uh if you want to come back on you're more than welcome to anyone's welcome on the podcast it's a free speech and it's all unedited as well so, and one of the reasons I started the podcast was we mentioned it before where people can come on and have the say. But I've had guests on that people won't agree with and I've had people that people will agree with. So, there you go. But thank you for taking the time out and sort of coming on. No worries, it's nice to meet you as well. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. The Tea Biscuit Podcast.